This is Where Have You Been, a podcast about movies and the friends who haven't seen them. And today, oh boy, it's our 50th episode. Yes. Oh, we made it, man. What a time, you know, thinking back to the very first one. Can't hardly wait in the middle of a pandemic you know we were, just, we were just sitting around like you know what i love movies ben uh likes to just humor me um <laughs> let's <laughs> let's, let's do a pod dude let's try to do a podcast yeah and here we are here we are 50 episodes later um shout out to our friend matt who came up with the name yes shout out to matt shout out to all the the listeners who listen yeah. Yeah. um all the time uh you know all my friends in pearl server lone star you know uh helene who makes fun of our buffy links if they're not up to snuff um <laughs> you know everybody out there that just likes and comments on our yeah. socials uh mainly it's probably our family and closest friends but hey, you know what right. we love you all absolutely um thank you thank also, you thank you also shout out to your wife amy for making all the cover art always yes. awesome 100 percent. and yeah. you know shouts to your wife look at we have such supportive wives I your know. wife like she humors me i like on the social media i post like a question <laughs> yeah. and she, she always answers always like, first one look at that she understands <laughs> engagement you know i'm trying i hate social media but if it wasn't for uh this podcast i would have deleted facebook like a year ago. but you know what <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad i can uh enable you this way oh, Stay on social we're media. hanging on we're hanging on <laughs> oh god um Anyways, we are diving into one of my favorite movies, a movie teased repeatedly on this mm-hmm. pod during mm-hmm. Mount Rushmore segments, uh, and that is 2015's Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, yeah. Very exciting times. We did this one in person, um, you know, as I say, as COVID uh, re- restrictions and whatnot are a little bit less, but it's, you know, we got a slight little uptick right now, but we had a small, very small little gathering. Um, yeah, nothing too crazy. Where we uh, watched it uh, at a friend Matt's house mm-hmm. on the big screen. Again, as intended, if you uh, haven't seen it in a while, I encourage you, fire it up. You're going to have to rent it. Um, it is nowhere on a streamer for free. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't seen it before, highly recommend. I love this movie. It's one of my favorite visual experiences in 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 my opinion. One it, of the it, it, best, it was like, quite wow. the experience. I will say that as a first-time watcher. Oh, my God. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and let, let's talk about it a little bit. Um, you know, let's talk about Mad Max movies. You know, in the teaser, you mentioned that you, you think you kind of saw one of the first ones where, you know, obviously Mel Gibson – uh, this pod is strongly entrenched in the fuck Mel Gibson uh, stance, I believe. I don't know. Am I speaking for you? I, you know, I don't know too much. I've only heard bad things about Mel Gibson, so I, I think so. Yeah, he's pretty much like a racist, anti-Semite. Oh, like, yeah. Just a really rough, yeah. rough hang, which is a shame because, like, I really like the Lethal Weapon movies, and mm. I'm pretty sure you haven't seen any of those, right? I've seen, f- it's either four or two. I forgot which one I saw. That's terrifying. The, one, the only one you saw was four. <laughs> it's whatever one where Riggs is stuck on the toilet. Or not oh, Riggs. that's like, that's two, I think. Okay, then, it, then it's Murtaugh. Murtaugh stuck on the toilet. Yeah, that one. That's a great one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, Mel Gibson, rough. Uh, but you know, one of his first films, kind of a big breakout performance. Um, and uh, they're interesting films. You know, I, I went back after we watched this and I rewatched uh, Mad Max 2, The World Warrior, and then Thunderdome, Beyond Thunderdome. Um, and, you know, I'm struck by the fact that, you know, these movies tease just enough of the story to have you wanting more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're, I'm sure we're going to talk about that in this film of like, how does this place work? Like, where are they getting resources and enough food? You know, in this one, we see like the stuff with the waterfall. How does that fucking shit work? Right. How did they gain yeah. power? What are those milker people? What What's up with them? Right. Like how everything is practical. Mm-hmm. How did this happen? You know, it's, it's teased that there's like some big war and you assume like something nuclear because people are like deformed and shit and it's really strange. Um, and I, I get that some people get frustrated by that, um, not knowing really, but I think it's a real strength of the films and that you're kind of just filling in the blanks on your own if you want to. The movies are never about like what happened or why is this the way it is. It's more just like, hey, this is some shit going down mm-hmm. and uh, buckle up because, you know, we're going crazy. Um. So I, I I don't know I really liked it. It's it's interesting. There, there, I mean, we're going to talk about that a lot in the uh, well, actually, because there are a lot of questions about like the story. But I think like this movie was made based on the action and the adventure mm-hmm. of it all. Uh, because like I don't know why the fuck are those three guys in power and like why does that guy wear a suit with his nipples out uh, and and everything like that? But uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, I think this is just purely entertainment. And uh, still awesome, though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I guess unofficial rankings for you. I would say Mad Max Fury Road, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Road Warrior is great. That's the second one. That's the one most people have seen. It's the it's It's been memed to death. Like South Park did an episode spoofing it. It's where the guy, the bad guy's name is like something hum- lord humongous okay uh, and lord he's just like humongous. this bodybuilder with a ma- uh, jason mask and he's he's just just walk away walk away like and it's just <laughs> it's it's wild uh beyond thunderdome is the one that has tina turner and master blaster in it it is fucking bad uh it's oh, got gosh. this weird like lord of the flies movie and it's apparently you know the director we'll talk about in a second george miller wanted to make a lord of the flies movie and was essentially like let's just put mad max in it and you know here we go um and the og one you know 1979 way way back uh i'd say it's worth a watch if you want to do like a historic look at this Mm -hmm. type of genre uh but it is very very low budget um so you're gonna have to get past that hey it could Um, be good that way you know low budget yeah it could be good you know if if you're if you're a fan yeah absolutely yeah um, now, really quickly, too, uh, there were two sequels announced um, right after the success of this one. We'll get over the successes here in a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were going to see uh, Mad Max The Wasteland, which was supposed to star Charlize Theron and uh, Tom Hardy. You know, they didn't necessarily get along very well. Uh, there's mm-hmm. been a ton of press on this really in the last year. And this one has been like delayed into infinity. Um, so who knows? Uh, and there was also going to be a prequel on uh, Charlize's character. Um, Fur- Furiosa? Fur- Fur- yeah, Imperiota Furiosa. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be played by, apparently, Anya Taylor-Joy of Queen's Gambit, The Northmen. Uh, um, so we'll see. Cool. 
Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I think they're worthy things to look at, but I mean, um, you yeah. never know. Based on this movie, I'm willing to watch it. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, George Miller uh, was the writer and director of the Mad Max franchise. Uh, really interesting career in that he's not particularly uh, prolific. You know, obviously wrote and direct all of the Mad Max films. You know, we're up to four at this point. Um, but also uh, is a big animal guy. Uh, did Happy Feet. Okay. Uh, directed all Happy right. Feet. You know, shouts what? to Happy Feet. And also wrote Babe, the movie, the one with the talking pig. You know, that's so, uh, and, that's and so, yeah, that's so, that's and wrote so. and directed the sequel. So what a, what a, what an absolute legend, a yin and yang of creativity. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you're going to think like, if you're really just following George Miller and you know, you watch like happy feet and babe, you're just like, Oh, I bet you this Mad Max movie is probably just fine for kids. Let's go in there and check. Oh my God. Oh Lord. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh God. So 100%. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Good for him though. Keep it yeah, in, good you know. for him. You know, do you do your thing? Exactly. Don't don't do it. Don't just uh, keep yourself down with one genre. Do whatever. Don't you Don't get typecast out yeah, there. Exactly. You know, That's it. do what you love. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's talk. Uh. Let's talk accomplishments because this was the most accomplished Mad Max film. Um. By far, uh, won a bunch of Oscars that year. No surprise here. Film editing, costume design, makeup and hairstyling, sound mixing, sound editing, and production design, uh, which is pretty well deserved, I would say. The actual world that they built is incredible mm. for this film. Uh, everything looks and sounds incredible. Um, it's pretty amazing. Uh, it also, and kind of a shocker for the Academy, you know, they normally don't do this. They nominated for Best Picture, um, you know, which is awesome, the recognition. Uh, it ended up losing to Spotlight. Have you ever mm. seen Spotlight? I have not. It's a really good movie. It's obviously a tough watch. It's uh, based on... Uh, Fuck, I'm going to get the newspaper wrong. It was a Boston newspaper. I want to say the Boston Globe. Okay. Uh, diving deep into the Catholic Church covering oh. up uh, abuse, yeah. sexual abuse by its priests. I think um, I heard of that one, yeah. Fantastic film. Um, just unbelievable. Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams. Uh, oh, fuck. What's his name? Uh, the Hulk. What's the Hulk's guys? Uh, Wisconsin's own? Mark Ruffalo, yeah. yeah, it's a really, really great movie. Mm. So deservedly there, uh, winning there. I uh, was also nominated for directing, cinematography, and achievement in special effects. So it's like, it's goes to, it goes to show, like you know, even if the story is like batshit crazy and you don't really know mm -hmm. what's going on, they're still nailing it and almost like winning the whole thing just with all this. Yeah, yeah. This was very well received by the mm. Academy, which is fucking crazy when you think about like what's in this movie. Right. Like some of the visuals and story beats and, and whatnot is just kind of nuts. Yeah. Anyways, let's go to uh let's go to the segment. How'd you do? Um yeah, You did fine. I, I did, think you I did okay. Well, listen, you said deaths, you were like, I think there's gonna be a lot, and you said 36. And listen, there were a lot. There just were a lot more than you guessed. Um, <laughs> there were 75, which is a very nebulous number. You know, I tried my best to um, keep track of this uh, by hand, you know, as we watched. Sure, sure. Um, you know, assuming like, all right, who's in that car as it literally like exploded into a million pieces. Right. Um, but the, the official quotation marks, internet research said 75, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, is a lot. It's got to be up there. 
for one of the biggest ones we've ever done that didn't include like some crazy mass extinction event or something like right, that. Right, so, right, um, Pretty, pretty impressive there. Uh, vehicle starts or crashes, you guessed 32. There were 44 instances. Man. A lot of vehicles uh, bit the dust. A lot more crashes than starts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say like I thought I saw a lot more explosions and I was kind of a... Uh... Kind of upset that I got that one wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the spray chrome uh, thing where the war boys would spray uh, chrome at them before they essentially committed suicide um, for Emote and Joe. Um, you guessed nine times. We saw it three times. Um, I'm going to cheat and we'll move forward into Nerd Corner since we're talking about it. It mm-hmm. was apparently uh, from uh, decorating cakes. Oh, um, okay. So the cake decorating company Wilton is what made it. It's called a color mist in silver. It's meant to be sprayed onto baked goods to give them a silver sheen. Mm-hmm. Before May 2015, the Amazon listing for this product contained a few pages of reviews only from bakers opining on the quality of the product when used as intended on cakes. But after the release of Mad Max Fury Road, both the comment sections and FAQ on the Amazon listing were filled with comments from users posing as though they were War Boys or Emotent Joe reviewing the product that the War Boys spray out to their mouths before going into battle. Um, as of mid-June 2015, there were 19 pages of Mad Max-related reviews Jesus of the Wilton Christ. product on Amazon. And you can you can oh check this out shit. for yourself. Uh, it's pretty great. Uh, and you can buy it yourself. You know, you can be a big hit at the Halloween parties, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, come as, go as a War Boy and just spray yourself with this sugar sheen mist. Uh, before you take a shot or something, you know, like, something before you do something heroic and brave. Uh, <laughs> witness me! Downs three witness shots. Witness me! Yeah, right. Right. You just taking a fireball shot. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. God. Oh, God. Oh, this is my death. Oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. So there you go. Kind of a fun fun little thing in the movie. I was kind of disappointed they didn't do it more. Like I said nine times. They only showed it three times. I, I just, I wish we would have saw more of it. I thought there were going to be a little bit more as well, too, yeah, but, yeah. you know, Close sadly. Enough. Close enough. Yep. <laughs> uh, see a steering wheel taken off a vehicle? You know, I, I listen, I, I spoofed on this a little bit. I, I In retrospect, I should have included the steering wheel throne, which is a cool scene we'll get to, where they're just taking the wheels for the vehicles off of this kind of throne before they go into the chase. Um, you guessed seven times. It was only seen four times. Boo. Um, yeah, boo. Boo me. I mean, uh, I guess last I, but not, I guess oh, I can't. Oh, sorry, sorry, no, that's all right. I was gonna say, I guess I can't just say boo, but I was still really close. I you were. Don't know why I'm just like, oh, if I wasn't directly on, then the movie's wrong, not me. <laughs> uh, last but not least, you uh, guessed no. Is the title <sighs> said aloud? And it wasn't. You know, shouts to you for turning over a new leaf. Here I, we are, episode fifty. Finally saying Proud no. Of you. Yeah, I guess. I feel. I feel like I've disappointed the fans somehow that I didn't say yes to this question. <laughs> But come on, it's ridiculous. How are they going to say Mad Max Fury Road? Yeah, you know it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, exactly. The Nerd Corner. Nerd Corner. We got a little bit to go through here. Uh, It's an 8.1 on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes score of 97% critic, uh, an 86% audience score. Again, speaking to just how much everybody really likes this movie. Had a $150 million budget, made $376 million. Uh, over 80% of the effects seen in the film are practical effects, including the stunts, makeup, and sets. CGI was used sparingly, mainly to enhance the Nambian landscape, 
which is where they filmed Nambian. Shouts to them. They were going to film in Australia, but there was an insane amount of rain, go figure. Oh, and they just were like, fuck it. We're going to Nambia. <laughs> um, uh, they used CGI as well to remove stunt rigging. And obviously for Imperiota Furiosa's arm, uh, which oh, she's right, missing yeah. her left arm. It is a prosthetic limb. It's got the Terminator so, another, going on. Yeah, absolutely. Another reason why I like love this movie is I love like the practical nature of effects and the very few instances where they do use it, it looks really, really well when, they, when you see the CGI, but overall it is feels very much lived in, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, speaking along those lines, 90% of the stunts were practical. George Miller hired Cirque du Soleil and Olympic athletes to perform many of them. Uh, we'll talk about them in the what I like the best, but uh, shouts to the guys on the poles that, was really uh, that cool. were kind of swinging back and forth. Uh, those were uh, Cirque du Soleil performers, which is pretty fucking great. Oh, yeah. 150 cars were built for the film. Uh, only 15 survived uh, at the end of filming. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> which is fucking crazy. Right. Yep. Uh, Margaret Sixel uh, is the editor for this film and is director George Miller's wife. When she asked why he thought she should take on the project as she had never edited an action film before, Miller replied, because if a guy did it, it would look like every other action movie. Mm. Sixel's work paid off. She received an Academy Award for Best Editing. Fuck yeah. Shouts to going outside the box. Uh, and I would say... Did a fantastic job with editing, especially like little moments. This is kind of like a George Miller staple a little bit, but you saw it a lot where the action was meant to be kind of sped up and kind of caused that like anxiety. Like, oh, oh my yeah. God, yep. they like they they increased the frames per second. Um, so it like has this kind of off kilter mm-hmm. thing to it. And you're thinking of like Tom Hardy as he's running, uh, you know, away after he had initially been captured, you know, um, yeah. and he's captured by those war boys. That was a very kind of fast, 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 fast. Like it, it's just, it's sped up. The footage is sped up. So really great job by her. Uh, and yeah, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Counting the opening voiceovers and discounting any grunts, Max, whose last name is Rocket Stansky, has exactly 52 lines, which is gotta be a record for us for least lines of a main character in a film of any movie we podcasted. Yeah. I was gonna uh, say, but it otherwise, fits. otherwise, like, we probably think about that Nick Cage movie that he didn't say a single line in. I forgot. We didn't podcast it or anything, but mm. was that one that was on Netflix? I forgot what it was called. Yeah, yeah, the creepy one where he's like a, a, a villain type thing. Well, no, he's not really a villain. He's just like a guy that needed a car and then he had to go, like, be a janitor at this, like, killer, like, pizza place mm, yeah, yeah 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 yep 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 yeah. i remember yeah uh in a cans press conference for the movie tom hardy apologized to george miller for the reportedly complicated relationship between the star and director during filming he said there was no way i mean i have to apologize to you because i got frustrated there was no way george could have explained what he could see in the sand when we were out there because of the due diligence that was required to make everything safe and so simple what I saw was a relentless barrage of complexities simplified for this fairly linear story. I knew he was brilliant, but I didn't know how brilliant until I saw it. So my first reaction was, oh, my God, I owe George an apology for being so myopic. Starlise Theron mentioned similar experiences where she had no idea what she was filming up to the point where she would ask the director what the hell he was doing. Mm. In the end scene, the finished film greatly exceeded her expectations as well. So again, shouts to sticking with what you're doing, but it speaks to kind of the stress of the shoot. 
you know, they mentioned this a little bit. You know, you can read oral histories. There's really great oral histories about this. They essentially, like, set up in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Uh, the whole cast and crew were in, in fucking Nambia. You know, point that on a map. You know, go for it. <laughs> Try it at good, home. Um, good luck. Yeah, good luck. And and there's and there was nothing. Nothing to do. A lot of stressors. Um, you know, Charlize Theron, uh, you know, in an interview wrote about how Tom Hardy was basically, like, a huge piece of shit on the set. And it just was not a great shoot um but you know they pulled it off pulled it off yeah no i was gonna say this kind of like george miller right now is like giving me that vibe of like i don't know if you've seen like any of these videos or anything but you see like a guy painting and he's painting he's painting he's painting and no one knows what he's doing and then he flips the canvas upside down and it looks like mm. clint eastwood or some shit like that yeah so, yeah, like, yeah so like this is it this is this is the definition of it right here 100 <laughs> percent. uh and last but not least we got the Buffy link. We got the Buffy link. Um, so this one is a stretch, but a fun stretch, I think. And this comes from season five, episode 14, called Crush, where the character Harmony Kendall mm-hmm. is saying to Spike, and I quote, you'd better not be thinking what I think you're thinking, because my answer is the same as always. No threesomes unless it's boy, boy, girl. Or Charlize Theron. <laughs> Shouts to Charlize the Hell legend. Yeah. There you go. Oh. Killed it. <laughs> yes. So thank you. Like, I will take a bow for that, that, that one. Really I like good. that one. <laughs> wow. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and you know, since it's episode 50, we'll see if we stick this one around or not. But we got a bonus buffy. Another bonus buffy. Um, and uh, I think I thought it would be fun to ask yourself, would Buffy fit into this universe? What, what do we think? Do you think uh, she would have a place in here? Um, let's see. I think, you know, I think like her and Sharice, or well, I forgot how, what her character name is. Arlize Theron. Oh, no, I mean her character name. Oh, Furiosa. Furiosa, yeah. I think that they would be, I think they would match up. I think they mm. could match up there. I mean, completely badass women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they could match up there. I think, uh, I think she'd be able to hold her own. I mean, she's the Slayer. She knows what's going on. I think she could definitely use that stake to like kill some of the war boys. Definitely get them out yeah. of the way. Um, I'm trying. I to mean, think. she fought the fucking Hellmouth, right? Yeah. I mean, Hellmouth. this these fucking losers uh, with white paint are probably no no uh, no problem at all. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're it right. is quite the clash of uh, like sunny California to uh this landscape but you know that's the only difference yeah she could definitely fit there kick some ass god could you imagine xander driving one of those spike cars <laughs> that would just be that would be a hoot i would oh, love man. it that would be funny be freaking mm. out the whole time yeah, yeah. well there you go yeah. little bonus buffy for you yeah what was your favorite part favorite part of the movie ben okay well i do oh. like right away in the beginning like the I forgot his name like a Morton Joe. I really I'm yep. really bad with reading names. Um, well, listen, the names are fucking weird they in are this fucking movie. weird. Um, but I like when we first see him, and you see him like getting like kind of like I don't know like ra- uh, like rags are all around him and they're trying to like wash him up a little bit, and then he puts on like this plastic uh, covering and he has like this image that he needs to hold up for these people to make him think he's so powerful and everything. And I think that's what, like, the other two guys are the same way. Like I said, I can't stop thinking about the guy with the suit and the nipples. Um, <laughs> cannot. Uh, but, like, that's, that's like, 
it's it's already crazy. Like you see that aesthetic of of like him trying to hold over and have like this image of being powerful when he's actually like dying. Like he's basically running on air uh, while he's still just like, well, you could maybe get some water if I feel like it. You know, it's just. Yeah, yeah, it is a great start, and it, it touches on that piece in the beginning of like the why, right? Mm-hmm. And how are these guys in charge? Like, um, what shouts yeah. to the the nipple guy. His name's John Howard. He's listed as the people eater. He's like this ah. grotesquely large man uh, who apparently is a cannibal, uh, and he is in charge of the gas. Is what we are able to deduce that he holds the gas. Uh, Joe holds the water, and then we have. The bullet farmer um, is played by Richard Carter, who apparently just has guns and ammo. And these three dudes have like this weird barter system going on yeah. uh, in the film. But uh, yeah, I to me, it's just the aesthetic of the film is what I love the most. Mm-hmm. Everything, everyone just looks sick and kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like, you know, Emote and Joe, like his back has got all these weird fucking sores on it. He's wearing this weird breathing mask apparatus. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody's like deformed and got these tumors on them. Like everybody just looks super fucked up. Right. Uh, and I like that. It's gross. Um, it's gross. I also really love the vehicles, right? We had the bullet farmer is driving this like tank car. It's Mm -hmm. like this, I don't even know what the top of the car was, but at the bottom is a tank. Uh, Joe's car is this Cadillac monster truck. Yeah. Uh, the spike cars uh, that go after Imperiota Firosa in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the outfits are just like insanely cracked. The bullet farmer has a literal bullet for teeth. He pulls a tooth out and puts it in his gun to shoot somebody. <laughs> so good. Um, you had the great comment as we watched. You were like, this basically is like an elongated Slipknot music video. And yes, like it is absolutely the Slipknot aesthetic. So, it really is. I was waiting yeah, for some guy. to them. Yeah, I was going to say, like, when you see those guys in the back of the car, like, just pounding on drums and shit, I'm like, this is, like, exactly like a Slipknot show. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and, you know, shouts to all of them wearing all this crazy fucked up gear in the Nambian desert <laughs> to film this movie. No wonder everybody hated each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'd be pissed yeah, off, too. Yeah, so... Just wild times. But the aesthetic is just so fucking cool looking. And again, yes. most of it practical, very unique, mm-hmm. very um, just like just it's just so impressive. Like Absolutely. the I- ideas and designs behind it. Uh, just huge fan. And, and it puts you in like this, this uncomfortable feeling, like just seeing what they do to like the ladies that are getting milked, the uh, the other people that are begging for water, everybody that looks so sick. It just like gets you, makes you uncomfortable. Even just like seeing yep. the leader, like I said, just like make, fucking it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, and even though it's like stuff looks fucking weird, it makes sense yeah. in this in the bit of like everything's practical. This is what they do. This is their job. This is this is what they do. It would make sense that somebody that is able to control the water would be able to hold crazy power. And if that person is a psychopath, yeah, they're gonna have all these brides that are breeders, that they're going to create this religious order where it'll have these war boys, you know willing to commit suicide to his cause, right? The idea of Valhalla, you're going to live forever, right? Like, it makes sense. Um, So, yeah, all of it, just super cool. For sure, for sure. Um, I loved Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron in this movie, Um, even though they did both hate each other. (laughs) They're super great with, like, extremely minimal dialogue. Mm -hmm. Like, there is just not a lot of talking in this film. Uh, A lot of it is very expressive, um, and they just are great 
two great actors doing great things you gotta, I think, in the movie. You gotta think like their hate for each other might have fueled a lot of this stuff too, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Cause I agreed. There's an animosity that the characters have towards each other for yeah. sure. So I mean I think that might have you know took it up a few notches with the real life hate. Like it's so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really also loved the War Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the you know we see a couple of different instances of this. The you know the wheel throne I mentioned earlier when the chase is on when they learn that Furiosa has uh, betrayed them and they've got to go after her. There's this like iconic throne of steering wheels that they grab their wheels off of. The, the idea of their riding for Valhalla, the the witness me, witness yeah. me. You know, the, the suicide spray chrome. We saw this. In the beginning, the guy did it uh, jumping off of the tanker with, like, these two explosive spears to, to like, wipe out the, the one of the spike vehicles. Yeah. Such a badass scene. That is um, cool. And just really, really cool looking. I, I freaking love that part. Absolutely. I think I have to give, like, a shout-out to the War Boys, especially – there's that – who's the guy that played Beast who's also a War Boy? I don't know. Um, Nicholas Holt. That guy. All right. So like yeah, his Nux. Nux the war boy. Nux. That's it. His character like itself was just really awesome. I, I think like it's still stuck in my head and I think I saw a gif of it too where it's like he's moving in that that kind of like fast pace editing that they did and he's just mm-hmm. like what a wonderful day or what a beautiful day or something like that. Yeah. It's just, it's what a lovely day. What a lovely day. Yes. It was. That's so cool. For me that's like my shit right there. Just seeing like some fucked up shit happening. While just saying, like, this is so lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I have that poster hanging up in my house. Oh, maybe that's of, why I thought about that too. quote. What a lovely day. And it's just, yeah, it's super cool. God, that is really cool. Uh, I've got a shout out as well. The Doof Warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this is the guitarist. Uh, his vehicles his his wheels are incredible. Fuck yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's essentially this guy suspended in a red jumpsuit. He's blind in the movie, you know, so he's got this white mask over his face, uh, playing the guitar that is also a flamethrower with That's guys so on war drums cool. on the back and these huge wall-to-wall speakers on the front. It's just so fucking metal Bro. and I love it. It makes no sense. But I'm here for it. it. Like, if I was being chased by that shit, I'd be pooping my pants. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just think of, like, that's, like, the biggest flex I can think of right there. Like, you're so badass chasing after someone to kill them, and they're so confident they're going to kill you that they have a fucking guitar guy just shredding solos and drums just banging on the back of their vehicle there. It's just, like, <laughs> what a what a just, what a flex. That's, that's awesome. It's badass. Oh, my God. Yeah. So fucking cool. God. And the thing about, like, you know, playing guitar, like, he was, like, really giving that stage presence, like... 100 oh, yeah. percent there like of course he's all tied up and shit like that but he's making he's making it work it's like leaning into it making it look scarier while he's throwing down these riffs god it was fucking sick oh my god um one of my favorite parts and i think i'll talk about this in the well actually too but the spiky car dudes and i forgot what their uh thing is called their they're just random dudes that are like you're in our territory we're gonna try to steal your shit yeah i just again story what what we don't need an explanation i guess you know it's just it's a spiky car dudes i I think even in the credits it said like spiky car something and (laughs) but like it's just i i couldn't get over how their car looked i'm like that is definitely something that fits in that uh post-apocalyptic setting it just looks so fucking cool. Like this is mm-hmm. going to kill you, and it's the smallest thing on the on the in the sand there. But ugh, that's it. I just like they they looked really cool with the spiky cars. Yeah, it was super super cool looking. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I probably I think my favorite part of the movie is the initial chase and sandstorm scene. Sure. Um, you know, we we've got uh, you know, she's just betrayed Joe. She's running with the brides. They are fighting the spiky car boys, and then the other uh, you know, Joe and his goons are are kind of catching up and they're riding right into this gigantic fucking sandstorm. And and it's like characters don't really realize it, you know, and they, they, they the camera goes wide shot a couple of times where yeah. you see the scale and the size of it. And just those scenes, the color palette change too to these mm-hmm. bright, kind of brilliant orange and reds. Uh, there's tornadoes in there, which then catch on fire when the Warboy rig goes in there. Yeah. The scale of it is just incredibly impressive. You, I just you're just like in awe as you watch it. Um, it seeing it in the theater was absolutely incredible on a big screen TV. Still cool. I imagine even watching it on your little cell phone, you'd be like, "Damn, yeah. that's fucking dope." Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, great stuff. I, I was gonna say when they got into the sandstorm and then like you just saw like the tornadoes. As like a proud mis- Midwesterner that I am, uh, knowing that when there's tornadoes outside. The first thing that I would probably do is go outside and look at the skies and see. Instead of, you know, going to a basement where I should go. Um, <laughs> but, like, just seeing those tornadoes, and I'll have to, I'll have more to say about this later. But it was just, like, it was so cool. Because it was, like, a big-ass one that uh, might look like an F5. I'm not saying I know about tornadoes or anything. I don't, but I, like... We did looked, watch Twister. We you did know, watch so Twister, yes. We're experts. We are experts, yes, absolutely. Thank you, uh, Helen Hunt and um, Bill Paxton. Yes, Um but yeah, seeing like the big ass tornado and then all the other things, it's just it's it's super cool. I just like how they're, especially when um I think Amorton Joe is just like ah, they think they're gonna lose us in this sandstorm. We're going in with them. It just insane. Yeah, fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, I you know speaking of like right before this, uh, I really liked the Max and Furiosa fight scene. You know, he's able to free himself from you know just like fucking crazy like being driven on the front of his uh on nux's warboy car uh yeah. while he's you know donating blood to him yeah essentially uh and it's that's a shout out to fury road there's uh in fury not fury road sorry the road warrior the second mad max the bad guys drive around cars that have like hostages on the front of them like that yeah. uh so it's a really great callback uh but he's able to free himself and he, he pulls up to the rig as it's pulled over and him and Furiosa get into this fight. You know, they don't know who the fuck this guy is. He's trying to like free himself from the chain. Uh, and there's this fight scene and it's again, it's one of those, it's sped up a bunch. There's all these like hidden weapons that they're trying, that she's trying to get to. Um, and it's just, it's done really, really well. I think the, you know, the, the wives are there and they're trying to help, uh, and it's just it's just great. And they're they're it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, guys, 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 like behind us, they're they're coming. <laughs> like maybe we could stop fighting and work together. Uh, it's yeah. just it's really good. I you know, I've, I think when I saw the initial trailer for Mad Max and I saw Tom Hardy on the like the front of the car, I'd like didn't know. I think I was confused because I'm like, why is he on the front? Is that actually Tom Hardy? No, that's not Tom Hardy. That can't be him. And then like just watching the movie, I'm like, oh, shit, that really was Tom Hardy just suffering on the front of a car, giving blood. Yeah. yeah, he he loves wearing the masks. So shouts to another oh, mask yeah, and strangely <laughs> worded dialogue uh, that you can't really hear well. <laughs> he was molded by it, consumed Ooh, in it, born in the car, <laughs> born in the car. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier, Nerd Corner too, but the stunt work here is incredible. Mm-hmm. Again, most practical. Um, 
shouts to a couple of two really stand out for me. Um, one is when they're in the uh, they're they're like there was some deal, right? Uh, Furiosa has a deal with some oh, dudes yeah. that are in the canyon that she's going to drop off this huge rig full of water and it's going to give them safe passage. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, well, that deal didn't include all these fucking people chasing after you. And they're like, fuck, uh, we got to get out of here. So the truck takes off and she runs and tries to like slide underneath the, the truck and like grabs on and one of the motorcycle guys comes flying down the canyon mm-hmm. does this like crazy motorcycle slide slides his motorcycle underneath and grabs furiosa as she's climbing into the secret compartment and his motorcycle goes flying and she you know she kicks him off and he rolls under the wheels and it's just so fucking great it's just it's fucking awesome huge huge fan of that it's like a it's like a rated like really really r rating nc-17 almost of fucking fast and the furious like that's something that 100 percent yeah (laughs) um and then I, I just really, really love. I mean, obviously, all the cars crashing and and what they do with the vehicles is pretty great. But the um, the pole guys as well, like what a cool, cool concept. Yeah, you know, they just are swinging down on the pole and then grabbing the people. They grab one of the wives, and you know, she flies away. She's legs are kicking in the air with that dress as it swings back the other way. Mm-hmm. They even they grab uh, Max at one point, and he gets you know ripped from the war machine. It's just super fucking cool. I just, I love it. I'm yeah. just super impressed by, again, the practical nature of it. It makes you feel confident, like, damn, you mean a human could do that? Man, we could do that, you know? And it's like, <laughs> no, dude, you can't. Don't do that. Like, you don't, know? Don't, <laughs> just so don't good. Come on, stop doing that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just really like that it was, like, nonstop driving. Like, there was barely any points where there was not a moving vehicle on the screen. And, like, yeah. especially, like, them doing repairs. I forgot something that got jammed up. I think one of the war boys got on there. And jam something up, so then they're like, "All right, I'm gonna go back here and fix that, and then I'm also gonna do this repair down here." Super crazy. I I love yeah. that it was kind of nonstop driving, all the action, well, like re- repairing the second engine of the yeah. war machine yep. as it's being chased, and everybody's like killing each other, and he's like yeah. underneath the car as it's driving. It's like speed on crack cocaine. Exactly. Um, you know, fucking Keanu Reeves, eat your heart out. <laughs> it's just, it's so so great. Yeah, I mean, and and honestly, that's one of the things we we talk about a little bit at the end, of, like. The parts of the movie that I think don't work as well are the ones where there's no chase. Mm-hmm. You know, it's obvious this movie is like very spectacle based. And so when it, two characters kind of sitting around grunting at each other, you're kind of like, mm, man, it'd be really great if there was just a ch- chase part here, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they they did a very, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I do like the blue tint that they had during like nighttime. Cause you could, I mean, obviously like I know the trick is like you shoot during the day, put a blue tint mm-hmm. on it. It's nighttime. Bam. I really enjoyed that. It wasn't like overdone and like everything was blue. And like, I think some people might not be able to get away with that, but they did a really good job with this. I don't know if it was because it was in the desert setting, um, but it was really well done with the nighttime shooting. Yeah, you know, his use of um, the color palette is just really, really great, I think. Um, you know, the the idea that you can bend and manipulate um, what you what you want it to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mentioned the the brilliant oranges and reds uh, of the sandstorm. Uh, and then we see this like 
crazy nighttime thing. It's a really cool idea. Again, like let's film it during broad daylight and we're right. just going to add these filters to it. Uh, it's really, really cool. It brings up a thing I, I completely forgot about, and that is that they released the movie as well in a version called the Black and Chrome, uh, oh. which is essentially like black and white version of the movie, which is what George Miller initially wanted to make it. But, you know, the um, production company was like, no, 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 no. You got to do it in color. So uh, as a, uh, I don't know what you call this, as a a token of like, sure, we'll let you do it. On the DVD release, there is a a version called the black and chrome version, which wow. is pretty cool. I've seen that one as well. It's pretty great. Did it, did it, what's the, what What do you feel? Does it look better? Or do, what do you think? I I'm a huge fan of the color palette, yeah, so I I like the OG version. Totally fair. Yeah. Totally fair. Yep. Um, speaking of like nighttime shooting, the getting the rig out of the mud. I think this is when they well, spoiler alert, they like try to go to the green place, and this was mm-hmm. technically the green place, but it was just yeah. some bummer. mud. Ooh, bummer. Um, but they're stuck in the mud, and I think this is when that bullet guy is is chasing after him. And I remember yep. right before this, they said that their most powerful weapon, their like sniper rifle, had like four shots left. Um, so they're trying to get the stuff out of the mud. They are able to tie it to. I also like how the war boy was just like, "We got to tie it around that thing, just past that thing." And they're like, "You mean the tree?" And like, "Yeah, whatever." Um, <laughs> and uh, so they they have their most powerful weapon. It's got like four bullets left, and then just them trying to shoot at the bullet guy. And Mad Max is messing it up. Um, but luckily, uh, Sharice Throne, I, I, I'm bad with names. <laughs> I'm so bad with names. Um, like just takes a sniper and is like, all right, don't breathe. And was able to like get that shot off and shoot off the, or not shoot off the gun, but like shoot the bullet guy, the head bullet yeah, guy. Yeah, blinded him essentially. Blinded, like, yeah. hit, hit the light and the glass went into his eyes. Yeah. He's blind. I, yeah. I did enjoy that they were trying to like. Uh, the the war one of the war boys is like putting up a flare and he's just like put up a flare and he's like do I, it is it's up and then they're like bring it closer it's like it's in front of your eyes and then he just like screams <laughs> and, and I was like man that's that's it's like his teeth look disgusting he made the character look disgusting uh, but I thought that was just really cool just making that guy go blind and then the guy just continues chasing him and then getting the rig out of the mud eventually super cool mm-hmm. yeah really great scene yeah. Uh, that leads us to uh, the iconic meme, probably the one meme that's been shown the most out of this film, and that's the That's Bait meme, where yeah. the war machine pulls up to the tower with the naked lady screaming at the top, mm-hmm. and Tom Hardy does the point what? up, like looking up, and he's like, that's bait. Mm-hmm. Uh, really great meme. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go to open up your gifts Scroll. on your messages and send the That's Bait to a random person for fun. You know, like, just why scroll not? Twitter. You'll probably find it there eventually. Yeah, 100%. Really, really liked it. Um, uh, Cinematography-wise, again, again, I just I just love the way this movie looks. But yeah. whenever there's a wide shot of the chase and you see, like, all of the dust behind the vehicles, uh, you know, going into the sandstorm, the part, especially towards the end when the pole guys are swinging behind them, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, these great, gorgeous wide shots of all these vehicles in action – Again, all practical. They're all real vehicles, and they're all really driving, and it's just – it looks so fucking cool. I just love it. It does look cool. It does look cool. Um, I have been talking about this guy a bunch throughout the film or throughout this podcast, and I have to bring him up again. Uh, the nipple man with the fancy suit. Uh, I think 
really like. I love that. That's his name now. That's I just I can't. I like I don't know. Is I, I forgot what they call him already. I think he's it was the like nipple human. guy because he has his nipples are pierced yeah. by what appears to be handcuff nipples. It looks like piercings, and there's a chain between them. Yeah, and he's wearing a suit, but the nipples are cut out of exactly. the suit. Yeah, it's a, it's fucking, a thing. Fucking jealous. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm not. Anyways, um, but I do, I do like that one scene where uh, I almost said Mel Gibson, but uh, Mad Max uh, jumps into Nippleman's rig and like is able to kill him, and Nippleman plays possum for like a second, and then he just gets punched in the face. Uh, the, the the biggest point of this this favorite part is just the Nippleman with the fancy suit. That's it. He's I like great. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Again, super weird fucking characters. Yeah. Uh, the last part, I think, is the end chase sequence. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. We see a couple things here that are just like, holy fuck. Uh, first, we see uh, Furiosa rip off Emotin's Joe's mm-hmm. uh, face. Like, uh, he's got that apparatus attached to him for yeah. breathing, and she puts this hook on it and throws it into the wheels, which, like, rips his whole lower jaw off Boy. to kill him. Uh, we see one of his sons, his buff-ass son, whose name is Rictus Erectus. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> pull the fucking engine block off of the war machine, which is just fucking insane. Uh, we see Max getting grabbed by one of the pole guys, mm-hmm. and you know he makes his way back to the war machine by kind of going through and crashing uh, the Doof Warriors guitar thing, which, you know, rest in peace to that. Uh, and then they all get into Joe's um, Cadillac's monster truck car and then there's the crash where nux essentially like sacrifices himself you know witness me i don't think he says witness me but i think he does maybe yeah. he does he does, he does say it um where he crashes uh the war machine rig in the canyon and essentially like blocks up all everybody from pursuing them it's just a great great end sequence really really well done absolutely yeah i was gonna say the last witness me was said very softly and sadly so yeah either way yeah yeah, yeah. Well, actually, according to my calculations, I think that would defy all laws of... Oh my god, shut up! Well, actually, uh, you know, listen, we got a couple in here, and a lot of them <laughs> are mainly like, what the fuck is the story doing? Right. Um, which, again, is, is a complaint, and I think you could dive into it, but just in the spirit of, like, a couple of questions, let's let's run through these here. Sure, um, sure. The hallucinations are strange. Um, and they're, it's strange in the sense of, like... In the original Road Warrior, we see his wife and daughter killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're kind of thinking, like, is this... First off, is this Max? Is this not Max? Now, George Miller has said, this is the same Max. It's not a different Max. Um, but, you know, the the little girl that continually pops up in these hallucinations, uh, either by hearing or seeing... Her name is Glory, and apparently there's a backstory that was done in a comic book where Max was saved by a mysterious woman uh, who rebuilt his interceptor, um, and uh, Max agreed to help rescue her from this place called the Sunken City, and Max found and rescued her and took her to her mother. However, tragedy struck uh, when the people he rescued from uh, found them and ran over Glory and her mother, and Max buried them. Hmm. But again, it's just like, why is this here? What is this? Again, there's no explanation. And I feel like you can forgive a lot of the explanations of like, yeah, shit's just fucked up. But that part is just kind of like, what are we doing here? Right. How does this relate to the other movies? Am I supposed to think it's this, but it's not? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was strange. It's, uh, yeah, definitely strange. I mean, say like we said, we could go on and on about how the story doesn't make any goddamn sense. But they still did fantastic and almost like won, you know, Oscars and shit for it. Um. Mm-hmm. 
mine is just my, mine are very simple uh no one died on the spiky cars i am sad that no one not even like one war boy that no one knows about could have gotten thrown on the spiky cars and died that way i just wanted to see one body get flown into one of those cars that's it it's kind of a bummer it is because I mean, here's like, my question yeah. to you though yeah. the spikes are kind of close together mm-hmm do you think maybe it would be like one of those situations, you know, where like people make the show of like standing on the bed of nails and it's like, they're so close together that they don't actually like puncture your foot. I think, I think they're just far enough apart where I think yeah. you could do some damage. Like it's like, I mean, like... I'm not looking to test this by belly flopping on the spike <laughs> car. You know what I'm saying? But, I'll tell uh... you what, Mike, you go over there and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like there was like different lengths of spikes on each car uh, like i feel like true it definitely just it would just something would get pierced eventually yeah but you're uh, correct though missed opportunity definitely yeah maybe they just didn't want the nc-17 rating because that would have been pretty fun <sighs> yeah up. i guess there was a reason like you said that they didn't show the mask getting ripped off right because of that yeah you yeah. see a very quick little glimpse yeah. of it but not see enough it. to be like whoa Cut you away. see him like they pull the sheet away at the right. end when they pull up to the thing yeah. um but yeah um, all right, a couple of like actual legit like actually um, the vehicles are mostly powered by turbo and are supercharged engines, and most of them have no form of air filtration. Um anybody that's a car person would know that uh without an air filter, those uh engines would be destroyed within minutes in such a sandy environment. Uh, we see them operating in full throttle in dust storms, just ingesting huge amounts of dirty air straight into the uh, supercharger, yet none of them ever fail. You I mean, know? I mean, that's probably why. Looks cool, but that's probably why there's 150 cars that were made and only 15 survived. Ah, there yeah, you go. There you go. Uh, also, near the end of the sandstorm chase, uh, when Nux is looking to uh, commit suicide to take out the war machine in the uh, spiky car, mm. he's essentially, or not the spiky car, he's in his own rig. He's mm. like filling the bottom of it with gasoline. Uh, and it is just like there's fuel everywhere along the floorboards. And then he strikes a road flare, basically uh, preparing to set himself a fire and blow up and stop the war rig. Well, mm. you should not try this at home for a number of reasons. Yeah. But number one is that road flares constantly drop burning embers from the moment they're lit. Um, yeah. You can see it in the film, too, during the close up. The f- car should have ignited the instant Nux struck the flare, even if. The embers falling into the fuel didn't light it. Uh, there'd be so much uh, of the vapor in the car from so much gasoline that mm-hmm. it, it should have been lit on fire. But, you know, it looked cool. It did look we, cool. It did look yeah. cool. Um, this is full disclosure for this next one here. I have been watching a lot of, like, tornado videos on YouTube. And that sounds <laughs> something. It's a, it's a choice. It is a choice. You know, when I'm at work and I'm trying to, like, have some background noise while I'm doing my work, I don't know why I'm, like, listening to, like, broadcasts from, like, 2013 of, like, this F5 tornado that was in, like, more Oklahoma. It's, I don't know. Okay, sorry. I'm going to stop proving my nerdiness with this stuff right here. But when I saw the tornadoes <laughs> in the, the in the dust storm there, I'm like, they're way too close. That's definitely an F5 tornado right there. They're going to be definitely blown away by that thing. And that's that's it. They were way too close. That was my whole well, actually, because I mm-hmm. look at tornado videos. <laughs> um, another one is I remember. Uh, how do you say your name one more time? The fear, fear. Imperiota Furiosa. Furiosa. I'm gonna try to remember Furiosa, even though we're almost done with the podcast already. Um, 
Furiosa like asked Max what his name was, and he's just like, it doesn't matter. And then she's like, all right, I'm gonna scream fool, and you gotta do this thing. Uh, so we see her talking to these guys and let them through this pass. And while she's doing that, Mad Max is like crouched down in the back of the rig uh, with the the wives, all the all the ladies that are back there. And as soon as Furiosa yells "fool," all of a sudden the truck is moving. Okay, so that's just like a little mm-hmm. con- continuity error for me. Like Mad Max crouched down in the back seat, somehow he makes his way to the driver's seat in a matter of like literally milliseconds to drive away. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I'm I'm not a doctor. I have really very limited medical knowledge. But how much blood does Max actually have? Uh, you know, he's like topping off this war boy for the transfusion for quite a long time. Yeah. Uh, and then he has enough blood after he, he's like hit and bloodied a couple of times. So he's mm-hmm. leaking some blood beyond that. And then he gives more blood to Furiosa at the end to save her life. You know, I just listen. I know the human body is a lot. We got lots of blood, more than you'd think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, I got some questions about the blood stuff. You know, <laughs> isn't doesn't doesn't bone marrow help remake blood? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Neither do I. Got questions. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, you mentioned it. Uh, it is a great scene mm-hmm. when uh, Max let Furiosa shoot the uh, rifle on his shoulder. Um, it is a great scene, and it's almost all nonverbal. Um, you know, he fucks up the shot, and like. They don't say a word, but it's basically like, just let me shoot. There's only one bullet left, and mm-hmm. she nails it. Yeah. But he would have suffered permanent hearing loss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, rough. you hear the ringing after she shoots it, but uh, he's mm-hmm. just like, well, that was inconvenient. And, uh, all right, let's get this rig out of the mud. Yep. Uh, I've got a geography math one for you. Okay. Shouts to the internet for finding this one. So towards the end-ish, before the big chase back mm-hmm. to capture the real Greenland, Furiosa talks about a 160-day ride across the salt desert on their fully loaded motorcycles. So this makes no sense for a couple of reasons. Number one, they simply couldn't carry enough gasoline for the length of time. Oh, yeah. Motorcycles get about 30 to 50 miles per gallon, and the bikes couldn't possibly carry more than 50 gallons each. Mm-hmm. Number two, they couldn't carry enough water for that period of time. Humans require about a half gallon per day. God. And most importantly, C, no, or three, sorry, no <laughs> desert on Earth uh, is anywhere near that possible distance. Uh, in fact, presuming that they could indeed ride the entire time, a 160-day ride across a hard-surface desert would be about 600 miles a day, sufficient to circle the Earth almost four times. Ugh. A 160-day walk at a relatively easy pace, going 10 hours a day at 3 miles per hour, will still cover a distance almost twice the length of Australia and would be sufficient to travel from Korea to Germany across the breadth of Asia. So, Jesus Christ, okay. Listen, it is the future, and clearly the education system is a little lacking, right? Uh, <laughs> Warboy Nux didn't know what a tree was. Exactly. The people are a little out of practice, but there's some problem with the 160-day ride. That's, yeah. all, that's all I'm pointing out. I mean, I guess, like, if the world just turns to ash, maybe there could be enough land to ride for 160 days. But, yes, otherwise I completely agree with you, yes. Yep, um, yep, yep. yep. Uh, I, Mad Max's hallucinations. I kind of forgot they were happening. There was like in the beginning, all of a sudden you see that girl 
doing her thing saying like you killed us you said you weren't gonna let us die or something like that and then there was a big gap and mad max is like tied up as a as a blood bag and then he was like with uh furiosa and uh then all of a sudden like close to the end of the movie he starts having the hallucinations again i thought that was kind of weird that's really the i mean i, I mean the whole movie's kind of fucking weird but i mean like that part where like we had the a bunch of hallucinations in the beginning uh and then just not having any more until close to the end of the movie was kind of kind of weird to me yeah again the hallucination parts i could do without yeah that's too. i mean they could have just not been in there for sure i would have been fine with that too yep uh, there are also several scenes in which people uh, grab onto the vertical exhaust pipes for support when crawling around the outside of the cabin on the mm -hmm. war rig. Mm -hmm. uh, truck exhausts can often reach temperatures greater than 350 degrees Fahrenheit, which would have made holding them onto their bare hands impossible. Oh, God. Um, also, to Rictus Erectus being able to rip the motor off the war machine. Uh, number one, again, incredibly too hot. And listen, he is a buff-ass boy, but not that buff. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, and then last but not least, I get why, you know, it's part of the story of Nux, the war boy, uh, kind of changing that quickly with just a little bit of love. You know, he obviously has the trauma of he thinks that he contributed to the death of his homie or Morton Joe. Um, but it's kind of it's kind of jarring how like in a 24 hours, he essentially just becomes part of the crew. And it's a, it's a cool visual, right? His war boy paint eventually like washes away, becomes more human. Um, but yeah. I mean, I mean, love can make you do a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. I mean, all right. No. All right. <laughs> I guess. Who knows? Also, like, she was talking about doing a 160 day ride, so who knows how much time was between there? So maybe they really took some time and made the love work. Mm. I'm just, I'm just kidding. That's bullshit. It is pretty tough. <laughs> One, two, three. This is a sound check. Let's do the sound check. What do we got, Ben? Yeah, so we're looking at Antonius B. Hulkenborg, which is a badass name. Uh, but he calls himself he calls himself Junkie XL. Uh, he is a Dutch composer, multi-instrumentalist, uh, DJ producer, and engineer. And I think this is, uh, I don't know, he's done a lot of work. Um, originally known for his trance productions, um, he has moved to producing electronica and big beat music and film scores, of course. Of course. Um, he did a lot of film scores. He worked with Hans Zimmer and his company, Remote Control Productions, on uh, Man of Steel. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, uh, sorry, that was, that's one movie, uh, as well as composed scores for Zack Snyder's Justice League, Divergent, Mad Max, of course, Deadpool, Tomb Raider, um, Terminator, Dark Fate, and the new Sonic the Hedgehog movies, which I heard are pretty fantastic, actually, Godzilla vs. Kong, and Army of the Dead. Um, as far as awards, they, this movie has sadly didn't get too many awards from, like, acclaimed things as far as like music goes um but he did win the aacta uh for best original music score um otherwise he was nominated for a bunch of awesome stuff they did also win the i i, I thought this said bofa and i was like yeah bofa these nuts but anyways no it's a bofca award he was the winner for best original score there um yeah and i think the score is fantastic but before we get onto our soundtrack standouts i you got to talk about that guitar guy because he's badass yeah, we I got a couple more extra extra bonus nerd corner here. Oh yeah. Uh, so apparently the guitarist is Australian artist slash musician Sean Hape, mm -hmm. better known as Iota. Mm -hmm. uh, in an interview on Vice in 2013, he said the guitar weighed 132 pounds and shot 
real gas-powered flames, which he controlled so using the whammy bar. Again, practical badass. effects, pretty fucking cool. Fuck I hope yeah. he was able to keep it, man. I'd want that shit. Dude, hell yeah, like, come dude. on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently he gets his name again. Comadoof Warrior uh, is Australian slang for techno rave parties, dubbed doof parties for oh, the yeah. repetitive four by four beats. <laughs> Hell yeah, um, yep. The uh, again the the guitar itself, uh, like a double neck, uh, had to be held up with bungee ropes. The lower neck is a bass guitar neck. Mm-hmm. Both headstocks have automatic. Or automotive spark plugs as tur- uh, tuning keys. It shot actual flames from a valve behind the upper headstock. The flamethrower controller is the whammy bar, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, a piece of a Datsun 1600 chassis uh, chassis hangs below the guitar body. Uh, guitar pedal is chained to the Coma's uh, Doof's waist. It appears charred beyond recognition, though the <laughs> shape and design resembles a generic uh, boss or knob pedal fuck yeah bows bows sorry bows yeah bows i was saying about boss too so yeah just fucking cool man it's just so cool i just love it that is so sick that is super sick Uh, and that brings us to our soundtrack standout and um junkie xl had a lot of i think this was actually a pretty damn good score uh album and i couldn't exactly pick a track that I liked from the album, but, but there was like one consistent thing that happened throughout the entire album. And it was, um, the driving drums, like the driving drums, which can be heard throughout the entire album. And it was on every song. The example I'm going to show up here is um, brothers in arms, the song by, uh, junkie XL. But like you hear that throughout most of the album, it's just this fucking pounding drums that just keep going. It's, it's so fucking cool. Yeah, uh, it, it, the whole soundtrack is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm going with Chapter Doof Extended Version by <laughs> Junkie XL. I need you to just fire up from three minutes to three twenty nine, just to get the vibes of the chase, oh, yeah. baby. Like, oh, it's so good. I gotta. I, I actually did listen to that before we went to the went to, before we podcasted here. And I'm like, yeah, this is pretty fucking sick. So I get that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We should listen to this before we uh, record an episode every uh, episode Hell yeah. moving forward. Get you fucking know? pumped, Mike! <laughs> We're about to do this episode, Mike! <laughs> water cooler, water cooler talk, oh yeah. Water cooler talk, uh, we got a couple things to get through. Starting yeah. with our Mount Rushmore, we decided to go this time with apocalyptic slash dystopian future movie Mount Rushmore. Yes. And there's a lot of leeway with this one because, you know, there's there's a lot out there that you could classify. But what, what did you have? What's your name, Mount Rushmore? Well, I mean, I don't mean to cop out, but I think I took a couple of zombie movies, which is okay. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. start with Zombieland. That was pretty fun. Um, I do enjoy that movie. I have to, like, I think it's because this is my wife's favorite movie. And I think this is like the third or fourth time I've mentioned this on one of my lists. But Shaun of the Dead. Um mm. It's also on Mount Rushmore for apocalyptic dystopian movies. And a relatively new one called Don't Look Up. Have you seen that one before? Ah, I have. What a depressing film. It is a depressing film. Okay, so here's the thing. The time I watched it, I was like going through this really big bout of anxiety. So it was mm-hmm. the worst movie to watch. But I still watched it and had a good time. <laughs> it was it was not good. It was not I was like I was like watching this movie. I'm like, this is not this is not good at all. I shouldn't be watching this. I'm having anxiety right now. Um but still, fantastic movie. Make sure you're in a good headspace to watch it before you watch it. Otherwise you're gonna just turn out like me. And okay, this last pick. I have three more on my list here, but I am, I have to pick one of them to be on the list. 
and I think I'm going to go with Constantine. I am a big fan of Keanu Reeves. I do like I do like uh, stories about like heaven and hell and like interpretations of the devil and God and all that. That's pretty cool. And I think mm-hmm. this was just it was really cool. The monsters are cool. I think the devil was friggin' sick in this movie. Um, yeah. And uh, it was just overall well done. And the two that I left off that I think are pretty damn good is Book of Eli and A Quiet Place, which, uh, yeah. Um, you know, I've never seen The Book of Eli, but Quiet Place is incredible. The Book of Eli has a soft spot for me because I'm a big Tom Waits fan, and Tom Waits is in that movie. Cause, mm. But, I mean, the movie itself is still really awesome. I just watched it because I knew Tom Waits was in it. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, no crossover. Okay. Um, I am going with one of my favorite dystopian movies ever, and that is Children of Men. Mm. Um, have you seen this? No, I've not. Um, <laughs> this is slightly traumatic, okay. but I think it's worth watching. Uh, maybe we'll pot about it one day. It's, okay. This is uh, Clive Owen, uh, Julianne Moore. Uh, it is essentially a world in which nobody can get pregnant anymore. Okay. Um, Whoa. And essentially, no, there are no more births for like we're talking like going on almost twenty years, yeah. and what that does to the psyche of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the premise of the film is essentially that they find somebody who is pregnant. Yeah. And uh, they have to try to get them to safety, uh, but it's also a very great movie that looks at immigration and how we dehumanize people that aren't like us because this person is essentially an immigrant. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a fantastic film. It's just super great. Nice. I love it. I love everything about it. That sounds fantastic. Good. Yeah. Uh, I'm putting this movie on here, Mad Max Fury Road. I just think it's Fair gorgeous. Enough. It's beautiful. It makes zero fucking sense, but <laughs> I just love asking questions about it because That's it's funny. like in a post-apocalyptic world. Sure. This shit, I feel it could all happen. Mm. Um, there's a guy with a bullet for a tooth. Fuck it. Yeah, dude. I mean, why the could, hell not? It could, it like, it's the apocalypse. It. Yeah. Let's get weird. Let's get fucking weird, um, <laughs> I'm going with one that is probably, like, way, way, way too close to home. Um, I watched this uh, right as COVID was, like, rampaging through the first mm-hmm. couple of months. You know, everything got shut down. And that is Contagion. Oh. Um if you still have COVID anxiety, I can't recommend this to you. But if you want to watch a movie that is like, it gets a lot of the shit right. Sure. What would actually happen? It's a fantastic watch. Um, it essentially follows what would happen if COVID happened, but the death rate was closer to like 40%. Jesus um, it just wipes out tons of people and you still have the same like bad actors and grifters and people that deny it and the mm-hmm. fight for vaccines it's just a really really great movie it's super intense it's got a great ensemble cast really really well done yeah, nice um another one we're going to show back to our halloween episode so that you know I, I like to sometimes plug movies that we've done before so that you go back and re-listen to them mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and that is 28 days later okay. uh danny oh, yeah. boyle's That's take good. on the zombie apocalypse um, it's really good. You know, we learned that it's not a real apocalypse cause it's only, uh, you know, the, the Island of, of great, of UK or great Britain. I don't know great what the fuck what, what refers to the whole Island, but right. you know what I'm saying? UK. Um, <laughs> I think but it's a really great one. Uh, obviously we potted on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since we're cheating and doing extras, the one that didn't make the cut was 12 monkeys. 
Oh, uh, you know, I think is... you've talked about this movie before too. Yeah, this is this might be worth a, a look into the future. This is mm-hmm. Bruce Willis and uh, Brad Pitt about an infectious disease that uh, wipes out a humankind uh, and uh, the attempt to travel back into time to learn what happened and to attempt to stop it. Okay. Uh, and it's a great look at, like, how bumbling and lo-fi this attempt would actually be and how much they fuck up. Um, and so that part about it I really like. Yeah, okay. Wow. Great genre, though. I mean, there's tons of fantastic yeah, films I'd say. in this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. What is something you would want to keep slash have from the movie? I almost said just like the sick guitar with a flamethrower on it, but I just mm. I, I thought I'd make I'd, I'd do a step more and say a vehicle that follows me around that strictly plays banger guitar solos and pounding drums. And uh, a close second was the suit with nipple clamps, but uh, <laughs> but. but I have to go with that vehicle. Follow me around. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, I'm going again. We'll go very impractical. I want the war machine. Okay. Um, I don't know where I would store this. I feel like it would take up my entire driveway, uh, but it is so badass. <laughs> the gas mileage on it is probably like one to one. But uh, <laughs> what a fucking badass contraption like imagine like driving to work in that like down the freeway like people would be like what the fuck like i'm clearing way for this dude <laughs> so cool yeah hell yeah dude yep uh what is something that you feel like is missing from the movie what are what do we want to see here I think, um uh, yeah go ahead yeah I'm, I'm going like maybe just a little bit more background on all these crazy characters um i get again it's kind of the point of the film that you mm-hmm. don't get into it. I feel like it would really drag it on. Like the parts of the movie that drag are the exposition parts. Um, the movie is really about a chase and an escape sure. type thing. Um, you know, we in a little bit, you, we see this in like kind of comics and little shorts. But I just wish that there was something more. Like, I just want more. I want to know, like, what the fuck? Like, how did this happen? How did these dudes do their thing like mm-hmm. what was the trade what was the economy how did they find these vehicles and then soup them up like i just have tons of questions about it and that part is cool about movies is like not having everything handed to you on a silver platter mm-hmm. maybe just like 10 percent more maybe I, I yeah know. i would say that's absolutely i agree with that i the, the thing i, I want to know is just like yeah how do they how do those three dudes come into power that's that's my biggest thing um but yeah <laughs> i agree with what you said who's the best around who didn't really bring the movie down? You're the best around. Who uh, who took home the prize for you, Ben? I think I really connected with Nux, the war boy. Uh, mm. I, I really enjoyed like his uh, turnaround going from, wow, I'm about to be like really awesome and uh, the the uh, senpai noticed me like when he talks to like yeah. a Morden Joe kind of thing. Uh, he looked at me! He looked at me! <laughs> he was looking at the horizon! <laughs> yeah, that part is yeah, so yeah. good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed his character, especially when he was like on uh, Mad Max's side, um, turning around like that, and then having the most uh, soft, sad witness me said in the movie. Um, I think I don't know. I think he did a great job. I think he did a He's great the job. Most character movie. development, for yeah, sure. for sure, for sure. Hmm, I like that. Yeah, that was good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm going with uh, Charlize Theron as Imperda Furiosa. Um, just the ultimate badass. She's she made my uh, Mount Rushmore. When we were talking about badass action women. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, she just fucking crushes it. Uh, super great. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I'm gonna do one. We normally we normally focus on an actor. Sure. Um, and so if I if we weren't gonna have the guidelines of focusing on an actor and a performance, I'm gonna go with like George Miller and just his vision. Oh yeah. And his imagination mm-hmm. to be the guy that wrote a fucking movie about a talking pig. <laughs> also have a twisted fucked up part of his brain that thinks of all of this shit is just blows my mind. Yeah. So I just salute you, George Miller. I hope that you get your shit figured out and you are able to make two more of these films at least. Um, Cause wow, they are, they are bangers and they are weird and I enjoy spending time in there. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Under what's the final verdict? Last but not least, overrated or underrated? What are the vibes, Ben? What are well, you what are you what are you putting out there? I feel like we've been talking about this movie so highly that it's gotta be underrated. Um even for like like we mentioned, a story that's not really there. Uh it's still fantastic, fun, good times had by all. So yeah, I'd say it's underrated. I think it's a really good movie. Nice. This warms my heart. Uh, again, as a film that I love and I love to defend it, uh, I feel like it was a very fitting 50th episode. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm excited for, you know, what comes 50 next? More. Another, yeah. another 50 more? Question yes, mark? Let's maybe. Do it. Let's maybe let's, do let's, it. Yeah. We just, I listen, I love movies and the, the list is very long. Yeah. And I know I very won't watch long. movies, so I mean, they'll keep continuing. <laughs> This is true. Uh, so that is it for today's episode. Um, and uh, putting a bow on number 50, like I said, uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Where Have You Been. Uh, we're on Facebook, you know, fuck Facebook, but we're here. Um, <laughs> if you want to uh, send recommendations or feedback or answer my dumb questions, you know, yeah. shouts to Amber again for answering my dumb questions. <laughs> uh, you know, Eric, uh, shouts to Softball Eric. Uh, you know, being the homie and answering some stuff too. Mm-hmm. Get out there, type a little bit. Yeah, come on. Make Zuckerberg some money and engage on our posts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like how you put in a negative while trying to throw in a positive as well. Yeah, you know, listen, I'm under no illusions, but we love to hear from you. We love yeah. to uh, interact with the fans. It gives us honestly some ideas on future movies and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, thoughts to you guys again. One last thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Yes. Uh, for the the the, the those of you that listen along. Uh, we have a blast doing this, and uh, we're glad to share it with you. Yes, thank you so, so much for everyone that's listening. Really appreciate you. Love you. Kisses. Thank you so much. Until next time. Bye-bye.